Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. You know what? One of the things I like the most about this podcast, Jeannie, is I get to spend time with an actual CX influencer. <laughs> Yourself? Is that it's what very, you're talking about? It's very special for me. Actually, it is. Now, now you, Jeannie, you're an influencer. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, I have uh, I have definitely done some work in that arena, and it's always interesting and and fun. Um, but I've, I've had to learn a lot, which is why I was so excited that our next guest is here to help educate us about influencer marketing, because it's one of those things that, again, people didn't go to kindergarten and think, you know what I want to do, although now they do. I've heard that that's happening now with the next generation. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, probably. Right. But you know, <laughs> what I like uh, about Neil's perspective is, you know, it's not... Influencer marketing is not about like oh, uh, getting the Kardashians or Jeannie Walters to do a you know do a <laughs> post for you, right? It, it can be smaller than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really, I think the way he connects the dots between the employees, the customer experience, the the way that this is really done in an authentic and meaningful way to create engagement. That's really what it should be about. So it's a great conversation, and I think it's something that. As customer experience people, we might not think it applies to us, but it absolutely does. It's part of the customer experience. It's part of a way that we can serve customers. And Neil has a lot of wisdom about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. And it's part of uh, the relationship and bond you can have with a certain percentage of your customers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me uh, let me introduce everybody to Neil, although he needs no introduction, right? Because he's that He's an influencer. I know, but if you don't do his bio, I don't get to hear you try to say this uh, word from Finland. So let's get started, Judy. Oh, you had to bring that up. All right, here we go. <laughs> Neil Schaefer is a leading authority on helping businesses through their digital transformation of sales and marketing through consulting, training, and development and execution of social media marketing strategy, influencer marketing, and social selling initiatives. Chief Fractional CMO of the digital marketing agency PDCA Social, Neil also teaches digital media to executives at Rutgers University, the Irish Management Institute in Ireland, and the University of Yaveskala <laughs> in Finland. <laughs> Fluent in Japanese and Mandarin Chinese, Neil is a popular keynote speaker and has been invited to speak about digital media on four continents in more than a dozen countries. He is also the author of four books on social media, including Maximize Your Social and the recently published The Age of Influence, the definitive data-driven playbook for influencer marketing that marketers have been waiting for. Neil, we are thrilled that you're on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the invite. I'm pumped. <laughs> awesome, man. So happy to have you here. And I know you have a new book, The Age of Influence. And you know, would I think a lot of people think of celebrity influencers on social media, and they don't really think like that type of marketing applies to their business. So I'm going to let you just open open ter territory here and make the case for influencer marketing for all. Yeah, Adam Genie, I am on a mission because I truly believe that marketers have been misled when it comes to influencer marketing for that very same reason you talk about is they only think it's celebrities. So why would I pay lots of money to get a single picture on Instagram to get a lot of likes that has no impact on my business? And really, they couldn't be further from the truth of what, what truly is influencer marketing. So I sort of redefine the word 
because when I wrote the book, you know, I, over the past few years, I've worked with companies in a lot of different ways. And really, I used to call it leveraging the other. And the whole idea is that for brands to be heard in social media, it is pay to play. When I work with my clients, we just, you know, we just considered social media organically, we're not going to get any results. We just lump the results together with the paid results. And that's how we, we measure our KPIs. Just we, we treat social as a paid channel. And I think a lot more organizations are doing that. But especially in the post COVID-19 day of today, and I did publish this book, I wrote it before coronavirus, obviously, um, but it was published <laughs> afterwards, you know, companies need to be digital first. And what digital first means you need to be found on searches because there's actually more searches going on and, and, and people have lots of questions you need to answer. You need to be doing email. And I don't know about you guys, but I get tons of emails from companies I've never heard of out of the woodworks, all of a sudden yeah. discovering MailChimp, right? So you need to do email <laughs> marketing and you need to personalize that with marketing automation, but, but I digress. And you need to be on social. But if you can't be on social, right? And if you're just advertising, which looks like an advertisement, doesn't really build trust and people do business with those they like, know, and trust, you need to be able to incite word of mouth marketing. You need to be able to have people talk about you. So, well, who can talk about you? And in traditional influencer marketing, you know, they used to talk about celebrities. These days they talk about micro influencers and more recently nano influencers. And they define these by number of Instagram followers. But when we take a, talk about nano influencers, it's people with a minimum of 1000 followers. So I tell my clients, look around you, look at your employees, look at your customers, look through your followers, look at people that mention you on social media. How many people out there that already have some sort of brand affinity have some sort of like, know, and trust? They are your influencers. For an author publishing a book on, you know, publishing a book and get and selling on Amazon, my influencers are book reviewers. They're not Instagrammers. I could have paid $10,000 for an Instagram celebrity to post a photo of them holding my book, which would have resulted in zero sales. Or I can give the book away to 500 people that have actually reviewed similar books on Amazon. And what are going to be the impacts of my book on the algorithm and therefore the sale? So, you know, influences all around us. We're all publishers of content now. Um, if nano influencers comprise the top, you know, one to, to three or 5% of social media users, there's a lot of people out there and more and more of those people fall under the scope of brand affinity. Those are influencers. We need to treat our customers like influencers, like we would treat influencers. We need to treat our employees as influencers. And once you get in that mindset, Adam and Jeannie, you see social media, not as a way to self-promote, but you see social media as this grand arena for collaboration. And it's not just amplifying content, it's working together to create content. It's sourcing content from others talking about your brand. Mm -hmm. It's it, it, for B2B, it's bringing in your customers for blog interviews, for podcasts, for, for you know, virtual events. Um, it opens up, it, it's, it's using these fans of yours that are influencers as a user focus group. It's getting feedback. So it, it brings social media back into, I, I think it actually brings the social back into social media because you, you look at it now as a way to collaborate with others and there's business value across the board. So my definition of digital influence is a bit broader, but it doesn't matter what social network it is. There's influencers on LinkedIn as there are in TikTok. And it doesn't matter if it's a photo or a video or a podcast or a blog. It's all part of the whole scheme of digital influence. I, I love the way you describe that because I think the the idea of collaboration is so important. And I know that I have been included sometimes as an influencer in B2B. And the experience can be so drastically different because I've I've learned to now say this is how I need to work to be authentic and also to make sure that 
I'm providing value, right? Like that's my role is to provide value. And some of these leaders will say, like, just tweet this link out every other Tuesday. And I'm like, that's dumb. (laughs) Can we can we talk about how to make this actually valuable and how to leverage what I bring to the table as well? And so I'm wondering, like, what are you seeing specifically in B2B? Because I think that's a missed opportunity in so many ways. They either don't know how to do it. They don't expect that it's uh, um, something to value, uh, or they are asking these influencers to behave in a really odd way. And so I'm just wondering what you're seeing there in B2B specifically. Yeah, that's why a lot of the traditional, I mean, we've been talking about employee advocacy in B2B for five, six years, and a lot of programs have failed for that very mm-hmm. reason. They didn't treat the employee as an influencer. And the first step in treating an employee as an influencer is what would you like out of this relationship? And we see it in B2C as well. You know, we'd like to offer you a $25 Amazon gift card. Well, what if that's not valuable enough for me? Or mm-hmm. what if, you know, I'm already using your product. Just give me faster customer support. Um, it, it comes down to a one-to-one approach that most marketers don't have because they think one-to-many, right? So, right. oh, we have all these employees. We'll, we'll, we'll have a tool and we'll, we'll feed information and the employees authorize us and then they can just blast out our message. It just it doesn't work that way and it shouldn't work that way because each of your employees is different and they all want, they all want different things. Some might be content creators, right? And they're not, they don't share a lot of content, but they create a lot of content. Uh, you know, others have different needs. So I think it's, it's recognizing that. And, and I think, you know, today with this whole notion of, of companies needing to be digital first, I think a lot of companies are starting to realize that. And I, I did a, a webinar actually very recently on employee as influencer. And, and it was amazing the feedback we got that you know, I think companies are waking up to the fact that the old ways of doing it, uh, especially today, just don't work. No one wants to hear the same promotional message blasted by everybody. And it's not as effective when you give people the creative freedom to use their own words, to use their own images. And this is something, like I said, you know, originally people thought influencer marketing would just B2C. It's as relevant for B2B. And the same concepts I'm talking about here, right, of assuming what the influencer wants out of the relationship, assuming they're just going to copy and paste. People grow their communities and social media because of their own personal branding, their own perspectives. And businesses would be smart to leverage that, right? You want to create an army of people that don't amplify your content. You want to create an army of people that talk about you. And the yeah. only way to incite word of mouth, if you have a big company, it's easy. If, if you're a startup, it gets a little bit harder. You need, to, you need to seed the market with your product service. You need to work more with partners, what have you. But it can be done. Um, but yeah, that, that's, it's, just, it, it's shifting your mindset to that of collaboration and seeing these employees who some of them, especially in B2B, might, might have a much bigger uh, following base than you do, than, than the brand does. And when we look at the number of engagements they get, it's probably exponentially greater than what the brand does. So it's recognizing that. And instead of imposing, it's asking. And I will say just to, to end this on, on this note, the companies that did well in employee advocacy and the companies now that are trying to build armies of, of you know, micro and nano influencers, those that are successful are the ones that invest in the employees. They invest in the influencers. They provide them training. Uh, they provide them training on personal branding. They provide them training on copywriting. They're providing training on, on how to use the social networks uh, and exchanging best practices. They're almost creating a new center of excellence with these employee influencers. And that, I think, is the missing piece. And, and you know, so I think it's time not just to collaborate with others, but also to invest in people instead of 
spending all your money on LinkedIn and Facebook ads and Twitter ads, invest yeah. that same money in the people around you, the people that already have brand affinity for you, I think it's going to reap dividends. Yeah, and it's such an interesting shift in perspective, I think, for most companies, right? To think of their employees that way, to think of their employees uh, fulfilling that role, and then also to figure out how to do it uh, with with the fear factor, right? And uh, but let, let's shift over to the customers and you know, customers as influencers, because one of the things I was thinking about as I was listening to you, Neil, is like this has been the age old question: you have your customers who love you, right, mm-hmm. and Okay, but how do you get them to talk about you, right? I mean, back before the internet, you know, there was like referral cards and all kinds of things. But we're talking about something a little bit different. But it's, I think that that fundamental question is still there. Like, how do you get your customers to be influencers for you? So tell us about your experience, like converting customers into influencers and what, what, what does that look like? So I think there's a few things you should be doing. And I think the first thing is actually celebrating the voice of your customer. And in, in simple terms, when your customers talk about you, it's sharing that content on your channel. It's the customer literally representing you. And if the content's not appropriate to be shared, it's actually having a conversation with that customer. So I think in many ways, social listening is the beginning of all of this. When people talk about you, are you recognizing the fact that they talk about you? Because I guarantee you, right, if you were to, I'll never forget the day we're on Instagram uh, I was uh, with my family and I go to California Pizza Kitchen a lot, and my wife loves the sangria flight there. We get it every time. So I posted a picture, and lo and behold, California Pizza Kitchen actually liked that post, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something I still talk about today because when brands go out of their way to engage with you, that's where you get customers to talk about you more. And when you include your customers in this program that says, you know what, we've decided that, you know, and we've seen this with a lot of iconic brands on Instagram, like Ritz Carlton, Disneyland, we're not going to create our own content anymore. We're just going to leverage the content of our fans. Um, That's the beginning of what you can do when you reach out to those customers and say, hey, we're starting a new brand ambassador program. We'd love for you to be part of it, right? Um, You know, how can we help you? What are your needs? You know, what are, what are you trying to do on social? We have internal training. Do you want to be part of that? Um, we have a program where we give you, you know, free product. Um, do you want to be part of that? And I think, you know, asking customers to talk about you is hard. And brands have tried to do that. And it, it doesn't always work. But when people are already talking about you, that is the most valuable thing that you can get. And you really want to foster that. The whole idea of working with you know influencers, whether they're employees or customers, is you want them to talk about you without your having to ask about it. They become a true brand advocate. And the only way to do that is to give them a, a customer experience um, <laughs> that, they would, that they would, you know, and we, we get back to the whole thing about customer experience. But when we talk about a digital customer experience and digitally talking about them, it just raises that to a whole new level. Because mm-hmm. that's the plan, and and that's where you get viral, you know, word of mouth. Because it's social media, and, and if they talk about it, it, goes out to their community. So, you know, what are the things you can do? Um, I used to, you know, I've had hotels hire me before. I'm like, well, what are the Instagrammable locations in this hotel where everybody who comes would love to take a picture and share it with their audience? So, look at your whole digital customer experience. Are there things that your company does? Where And maybe whenever you sign up a new customer, you send them a coffee mug. I don't know, right? I mean, there's no one right or right, wrong answer here. But is there something? Uh, are you creating an experience that others would want to share uh, in their social channels? Is another way to look at this. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And one of the things that you mentioned in the book is that, you know, it's not that you need a whole army of influencers necessarily if you're a smaller business. Like, it's this is not... 
um, unattainable to small business. And so what are some of the ways you, cause you recommend it's, it's all about business leaders finding the right influencer, right? So what should business leaders know about how do they do that? How do they find the right influencer? Yeah. So in, in influencer marketing, influencer identification is always the, the biggest challenge. Well, that and sort of measuring the ROI of all this. So, you know, influencer identification, that's why I say start with people that already have brand affinity for you, right? You know, actually mm-hmm. go into your customer database. There are tools out there, software services that will try to find the LinkedIn profiles or Twitter profiles or, or Instagram profiles of email addresses. Start with your own CRM and try to find these people, right? Um, look at your social media followers, try to find people, you know, that, that 1000 followers is only an example, minimal threshold, but probably there's probably, there's probably going to be some people out there that already have that. And, and that's where I would begin. I think the mistake that a lot of companies make is, you know, they assume they have to go out there and they do it the other way around. Okay. Who's talking about us and who has the most influence. They end up trying to reach out to people that may not like, know, and trust them. Maybe have never heard of them. Maybe they had a bad customer experience and they, they will never talk about you. And then it becomes a numbers game where you convert very few of those into becoming a, a true brand ambassador, a, a true advocate. Whereas if you start the other way around, you get a higher conversion rate. You don't have to convince them about your brand because they already like, know, and trust you. Um, and that's going to be get the beginnings of a great program. But if you are a startup or you just don't have that many customers or that many employees, um, you really want to... Think of yourself, if I'm a social media user and I have an interest in a product or service, who would, how would I go about finding someone to listen to? Or how would I go about looking for information? So it comes down to keyword searches, right? Or hashtag searches on any given social network. Who is talking about that? Who seems to get a lot of engagement about that? And once you get a list of you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 people, because there's a lot of content creators out there, you then want to dig deeper. Do they always talk about that? Or... Do they, you know, is it one in a hundred posts that they happen to talk about it? Because, you know, if you're going to work with someone and they were to talk about you, is it going to look natural in their feed? And that's another thing to consider here. If they don't talk about that subject a lot, it's probably not going to look natural. So who is doing a lot of talking? How is their audience engaging with them? What is the culture or the nature of their posts? So you almost want to do a, a, you know, a psychoanalysis of who is this person and are they the right fit? And, and more importantly, is their audience the right fit? Are they engaging with the right content? So there is sort of a, an art and science behind it. And, and that's where it, it takes time. But the beautiful thing is this is something we can do for free. And, and there are tools that can help do this as well. But um, you know, we can know so much about people now than we've ever been able to do. We can basically pick and choose those that we want to reach out to and work with. So it's taking the extra time to really dig deeper and and see if that partnership makes sense on a cultural, on a content, on a, you know, contextual level. And then if it does, it's, it's really about reaching out and seeing, you know, what is it that you can collaborate on? So um, I would tell leaders not to just do a spray and pray approach not to just contact 100 people without personalization and assume they all want a $25 Amazon gift card or a free one-month <laughs> trial. Um, it, you know, and, and therefore, it's less about a one-to-many market approach and more about sort of a one-to-one PR approach. And I've seen a lot of organizations actually have influencer relations titles for this very reason. Um, so th- that's, you know, it has to be, if you want to have impact, it has to be a personalized approach 
and you're going to get the best results. And I know that's counterintuitive and it's not as effective, but if you believe in the power of this, then that's actually going to reap more and more dividends for your company. You're going to get exponentially greater content and, and greater chance of, of fostering a true advocate than if you don't do it that way. Nice. Uh, well, man, this has been, uh, this is just original. You know, I, I, one of the things I like, you know, we, we talk about a lot of the same stuff, but, uh, you know, not that influ- influencer marketing is, but your approach is really unique, you know, so I, I want to uh, thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that. And uh, if you can, I, we're going to wrap up, but I want to just get one last hit in real quickly. How would you advise somebody that's in a marketing department in a large company now who's not doing this? How, how do they, you know, What's a quick way, but how do they make that sale? You know, how do they make the sale to the C-suite that this is something we should be doing? This is a strategy we w- should be pursuing. Yeah, Adam, turn the clock back 10 years. This is the same <laughs> conversation we had about something called social media. It is the yep. and same conversation. Is, <laughs> I love having the historical perspective on this, right? right. So um, it often comes from taking budget elsewhere, one, two, 5% of budget, and, and trying it out and experimenting. And until you experiment, you don't know what the impact is going to be. But right now, what's interesting is in this coronavirus world we live in, there have been a lot of, you know, uh, pause buttons been placed on advertising, on physical events and travel. So there should be a little bit of budget to say, you know what, we can't do physical <laughs> events, especially for B2B. Let's do virtual events and let's bring in some influencers as speakers, as panelists, that's probably the easiest way to start. If you're B2C, um, it's, you know what, let's let's leverage the UGC of influencers. Let's start a relationship with influencers all around content uh, and go from there. So then you look at, if we look at it from a content perspective, you know, how much does it cost to get that famous keynote speaker to, to speak at our event? And how much can we get, you know, micro nano influencers to speak at our event? There's a lot of money saved. How much are we paying that agency to do our content when if we work for an influencer, it's probably going to be better and it may actually be cheaper. So you can actually compare apples and apples here and find it to be uh, actually cost effective. But I think it's also that shifting a budget and, and remembering what we did 10 years ago. And you know, it's, it's digital, it's measurable. There's obviously like social media, a load of intangible buffet benefits. But <laughs> I, I, I believe that is the great way to start. And I think that companies, you know, compare it to your own organic social. And I think that you know influencers will outperform most, if not all, companies. And when you pool them together, whether it's a team of five or ten, um, you should see some pretty impressive results. As as a friend who's a CEO of an influencer marketing tool company says, you're going to get ROI of working with influencers. The, the question is how much, but there is you are going to see activity. You are going to see those benefits. Awesome. That's all right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Neil. Appreciate it. And uh, please let our audience know where they can uh, find out more about you, the work you do, all that great stuff. Thanks. Well, I am Neil Schaefer. That's the real Neil, N-E-A-L. And there's a few of the Schaefer's out there, but mine is spelled S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. So I'm Neil Schaefer, everywhere on social, neilschaefer.com. You can find my uh, book, The Age of Influence, at Amazon or wherever you buy books by searching for Neil Schaefer, The Age of Influence. And I also have my own podcast called the Maximize Your Social Influence Podcast. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and for all of your wisdom around this topic, because it's something that I think a lot of leaders should explore more. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. So one thing Neil said, I mean, a lot of things he said stuck out, but one thing is, you know, it's it's not easy, right? Right. This, <laughs> this is a very one-to-one targeted approach. And I can see, that's why I asked that question at the end, I can see they're being resistance to taking this approach, but I think Neil makes a really strong case for its power. 
Right. I, I totally agree. And I think that one of the things I really appreciate about the approach that he describes is that, you know, when we talk about these nano influencers and people like that who maybe don't have the biggest following on social media, but they're the ones who are already engaged with your brand. They are already really connected in that way. And so it's it's a way to build that relationship with people who are already there for you. And it's kind of looking out for, okay, what what can we do to make this meaningful for them? Which I think is a, is weirdly a step that is skipped a lot of the times. Um, just like he was talking about, like, blast everybody with a $25 gift card and see what happens. You know, like, this is different. This is about connection, which I really like. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, Jeannie, you know who our influencers are? Oh, I think I think I know. <laughs> I think that's a segue. Boom. <laughs> our listeners are our influencers, right? They tell us what to do. We look out to them as, you know, this way to connect. So we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being a listener of Crack the Customer Code. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all of the great business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and, hey, my influencer marketing programs (laughs) (laughs) and our journey mapping programs, customer experience training, and more resources at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Pork, and if you would like for me to influence anyone in your life, just let me know. I can help (laughs) with that. (laughs) But if you're interested in customer service workshops and training, I can also help with that. (laughs) Customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.